0: Welcome to Prison to the Premiership, the Jamie Lawrence story, in the company of Flex, Otis Roberts, Michael Adams, special guests, and the incomparable Jamie Lawrence. Aim Higher is a Jason Roberts Foundation production. Part 6 Leaving the Stage.
1: Yes, Jay, so after Warsaw, then, um, go on to Brentford.
2: Oh go to Grinsby.
1: Grimsby. Grimsby.
2: Yeah, what what happened? Uh, they paid me up. And then um Nicky Law was manager um Grimsby. So obviously he knows that I'm getting paid up. He was my manager at Bradford as well. So he loved me. I knew he loved me. So I got paid up, then I had a phone call from him saying like, Oh, I want you to sign up Grimsby. It was a six week contract um trying to try get them to stay up. What was mad, I was on the way to Grimsby in a cab and I had a call from Terry Oroff telling me "Um, come to Huddersfield and they offered me a year and a half contract. But obviously I'd given my word to Nicky Law, so I'd n- never turn it around. But I couldn't go and play for Huddersfield. I would have got lynched to buy the Bradford fans.
1: You felt that strongly already at that, at that time, even though it, you know, it wasn't five, six, seven years that he was at um, Bradford, you still felt that sense yeah. of loyalty to them?
2: Listen, I always have, and I, ran, sat for, I was at Bradford for six years, so that's the best time of my career. You know I mean? So for to go and sign for their rivals for a year and a half, it weren't
1: gonna happen. Yeah, love that loyalty for me means everything. Keeping it real, hundred yeah. percent. To talk to us about what happened, so they're saying turn the car around. Um, you didn't want to sign for Huddersfield, so you didn't. You end up at Grimsby then. Yeah, listen. He
2: said to us, come and do us a favour, keep us up. And that's the first time in my career he made me captain. Uh, Straight so away. He made me captain because he was my manager at Bradford anyway. So he knew what sort of character I knew I was a soldier on the pitch. And that. yeah he made me captain. And we had, a, we had a very, very good team at, at Grimsby. They never deserved to be where they was in the league. And I think if I would have went there two months earlier, we would have ended up staying up. But mm. remember the game I got injured in ranks.
3: Yeah,
2: I got at QPR, and I missed. I think I missed about two or three games, and that was pivotal in us going down in the end. Mm, I hear that. I mean, ranks
1: your experiences of um, of Jay. You've played at you know many clubs with him. How, how how was it at that at that time? The particular time he's talking about. I know you have got your Bradford days, but at this at this particular period, what was that like?
4: So when. Uh... Jamie called me and said he was coming up to Grimsby. I was thinking, yeah, I'm happy. Uh, I spoke to the gaffer. Um, He knew Jamie, he knew me, and it was the sort of character that we needed in the team at the time to go along with his quality uh, that he brings to the team. As he said, the gaffer made him captain straight away. No questions questions were asked in the change room. You know, sometimes if someone gets stripped of a captaincy for a new player, it, it could cause a, yeah. a few uh, disturbs in the change room. But the character Jamie was, he came in, he got everyone together. Um, and for me, because I had played with Jamie for, with a few other clubs, when you, look, when you look down the spine of your team and you're in a battle and you look, Behind you, and you've got Jamie. Think, yeah, it's on. Isaiah we're ready. We're <laughs> uh, ready. It, um, Uzziah,
0: now this this character. You know, everywhere Jamie's been, people are talking about this character, but no one's nailed exactly what it is. Can you can you try and explain what when you say there's this character, Jamie Lawrence? Because we're hearing it all the time.
3: Mm. Uh,
0: how would you how would you describe that?
4: Solid solid character so if you want to play he could play but as i said before the situation jamie was more known for his work rate his tackling um and the desire to want to win every game well everything that he he was involved in everything was just like it was such a infectious character
1: that's what we're seeing uh, you know a common theme and it's i don't know if jamie He's going to get bored or get a big head, you know, of um, <laughs> people continually praising him in this way. But it is, it is fascinating because that one solid trait that we've seen, yes, the football inside of it and the skill level. But loyalty, desire, respect, like these are key things that even away from football are so key in lives. And Jamie's possessed that through making some bad decisions as well. We, we know that. But to hear people again speak about you like that, does that feedback into just what you've been through and, and how you have been perceived by others, is that, it just must make you so proud. I mean, at this point of the podcast where we've kind of heard that, that kind of line so often, Jamie's so loyal, dedicated, always fought our corner. Like Isaiah spoke about him looking up and saying, you know what, if there's someone I look at in the team and I think I need him next to me, yeah, we'll be all right. We've got Jamie. Like That's got to be a great feeling, Jay.
2: It's massive. For me, it's massive and I always go back to my mum when uh, when people talk about me because she'll be proud that um, people are talking about me that way, you know what I mean? Because she brought me up the way she did to be like this. Even though I went down different roads and whatever, loyalty, manners and respect, they're paramount for me. Mm. And like, with, with Ranks on that, Ranks is the same. The way he's been brought up is the same. A graph that from the first minute he come to Bradford we linked straight away and that's what I said he bought a house around the corner from me So we, <laughs> we, we travel traveling to training every day I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad
3: thing to be honest uh, sometimes, it was good, sometimes it was bad
1: take it back to the Bradford days that kind of brings into it nicely you said look the first thing you did you know you bought your house around the corner from him and you guys sparked up a real good relationship what what was it at that that time there, did you know each other previously before that at Bradford? Or was that yeah. the first encounter you guys had? What what is it that made you two click?
4: So the first thing was when I was in talks with Bradford, I was at the stadium having talks, trying to sort out a deal. Whatever, there was a reserve game on, and just to have a break to clear my head, I went and sat out and watched the game. Jamie was watching the game. I didn't know Jamie. Jamie came across. Sat with me for half hour, speaking about Bradford, speaking about the move and just introduced himself. He didn't need to do that.
3: Mm.
4: He, he didn't need to, you know, some players might think, well, a new player's coming in. I'll keep my distance until whatever. Jamie made himself come over to me and introduced himself. And then since that day, me and Jamie have been tight.
1: I did, have you heard of Jamie before, before that? had known anything about his past or seen his story that, that, had, that had been out there?
4: No, I, hadn't, I, I didn't know his story before. I see Jamie play for Leicester um, and, and that's all I knew of him really.
1: Did he change what was your, as you got to know his story, what was your reaction to when you found out, you know, about Jamie's story?
4: No difference. Two boys from London love football, things happen. I, I grew up in edmonton tottenham jamie south london things happen yeah it's about yeah. It's, it's, it's about the person and where he's at now and whether you can deal with it or not and me and jamie took to each other straight away
0: uh was there that that london london bond thing because i mean jamie talked about it earlier in his his career at first that when he went to play for one of those clubs that was out he was still finding himself regularly in London so therefore you coming up there now you know there's that link there's that commonality there's that there's that mentality There is a London mentality
4: yeah yeah so um it was good as Jamie said before we were always around together going out to eat together um traveling into training together um traveling back to London, back up north. Um, One time, I think it was one of the the first times Jamie said, Ranks, I'm going back to London. You go in London this weekend. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie goes, I'll drive, I'll drive. (laughs) I'll drive. So so I said, yeah, after the game, everyone, we won the game, we're all happy. Throw my stuff in the boot of the car. At the time, Jamie had a BMW M3. So, get in the car. I think we've done Leeds to London in less than two hours. <laughs> I've never been so scared in my life. <laughs> Disclaimer for the young people watching. I've got to explain it. So, we get on the M1 now. As soon as we touch the M1, Jamie's in the outside lane, foot to the floor, just flashing everyone to come out of the way. Move, people were moving. I was just like, What's going
1: on? Like police have come through or something. Yeah!
4: <laughs> and, then we, we, and then I was begging for him to stop at our services or something, so I could just just ease myself down a piece. But man just went Or ring a can.
3: <laughs> <Yeah.
4: laughs> David, was that a common thing for you?
2: Yeah. We're coming to London and I'll just be on the outside lane, trying to do it as quick as possible. Huh?
1: wanted to get back home.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what i would say. You see when ranks come. Obviously, I knew that he came from London. a Big price tag as well at the time. Over a million pounds. So, this pressure comes with that anyway. So, obviously, I went out my way to try and make him feel welcome and settling, settling him in. Obviously, he's coming from London and I've been at Sunderland and I was homesick at Sunderland. There weren't no Londoners up there. So, um. I said, listen, let me that we get to know Reigns from then till now, we're still close. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's been a common theme as well, where I think people along this journey that we spoke to, um, to let you know Isaiah as well, which, which you're probably not going to be surprised about because you know Jamie's character, none of these people are just kind of drop-ins and drop-outs. They're all people that have, no matter what stage they've entered his journey, yeah. they've stayed they've stayed there which shows the the strength in the foundations of the relationships that that jamie's managed to that managed to do and how important that they are
3: yeah, yeah no but um for jamie if there's a a
4: chink in someone's armor and jamie senses it and he doesn't feel it they're not around they're not around him they won't be in the circle anymore
1: that's important because you link linking back into young people choosing your crowd wisely we always hear that choose your friends wisely you know you're a product of you know you're only as good as the company you keep sometimes they say um how important is that like as i said if you sense a certain chink in someone's armor you're not quite clicking with them or you don't think they're on the same wavelength with you you're able to cut them off how important is that um just in life
2: i think i think that's massive obviously i I learned the biggest lesson what you could ever have in your life when my so-called friend went queen evidence against me. Right? Mm. So later on down, when I got older and a bit wiser, if I'm not feeling someone around me and they've got bad energy, I just cut them off. Right? To be fair, they don't even come around me because I will talk my talk. You yeah. know? People will keep their distance. You know I mean, um, I
0: mean um, in the podcast where your, the gaffer, Paul Jewell, was in, he referred to the fact but at first, you know, when he took a look at you, he thought, is this a wrong one? Yeah. And then as soon as he got to know you, he recognised you were real. And I think that that is what comes across in everything that's happened. Is there's a realness and a rawness
3: yeah, that is, is
0: that is something you don't really see because lots of people walk around in life with agendas. Yeah. And, and you ain't got one. You no, just, not, this is never, it.
2: Uh, like, and if I could help anyone, I would help them. Yeah. No questions asked, and I'm not going to say to you next week, I've I done this for you. I'm I'm helping you mm-hmm. through uh, the goodness of my heart. You know what I mean? There's enough of them out there that always oh, got an agenda. When they fo- when the phone rings and I see certain man ring mm-hmm. my phone, all I want to say is, what do you want now? Because I know you want something. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: know
2: what I mean? Not like that.
1: Which is powerful right. because... I think when you've been through the justice system like you have, I know you've never shied away on this podcast of the reasons why you ended up there, never blamed anyone else. I know obviously you had the situation with the friend and the evidence, but in terms of your own actions, you've never been one to hear to say this person made me do this or racism did this to me. But in terms of having an agenda after going through what, you've, what you went through, um, it could have been easy to maybe have that idea you know, that kind of, I don't want to help too much people, I want to keep my distance and not be a people's person. But because you managed to experience and learn from your experience, and obviously you got, you was able at the time to, to come out, play football, then come back in and you kind of started building. It, it, it kind of, I think, could have potentially made, made you come out the other side a lot differently as, as if, if, if you didn't experience those things in there.
2: You could have come out better. For me, you've got to share the knowledge and try and help others, right? that's mm-hmm. the, I'm a great believer I've put on this earth for a reason and to help others, right? And money, as Bob Marley says, money don't make you rich, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The, the sort of stuff that I'm doing and helping people, mm. that's the biggest richness you could ever have in life. How, mm.
0: many, how many clubs did you and Isaiah play at together, different clubs? Three clubs. Three so clubs. what does that tell you about? Do you think that managers look and thought that type of player goes with this type of player? Because three clubs, there's quite a lot of clubs to follow each other
2: around in, isn't it? And obviously managers go to players and ask them about the player. Yeah,
1: you're both recommending each other then. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Me and Ranks just fitted together and I knew how Ranks
2: played, you know what I mean? We knew how I played, alright? And we were honest in the way we played as well, you know. So how how did the chain go? How did it start? So
0: rank, first of all, comes to uh, Bradford, Bradford, where you are. Then, then, Isaiah, where do you move on to?
4: I moved to, well, I had loans and whatever. Um, Went on on loan to Birmingham, Bolton, under Big Sam. Played under Trevor Francis at Birmingham. Went to Barnsley with some characters, some managers. Um, then I had, had a bit of a problem at Barnsley. So I just wanted to play football. I wasn't bothered about where. I just wanted to play football. Yeah. So the opportunity for me to go to Grimsby was, was put on the table for me. So the manager said, I'll tell you a little bit. The manager said, I want to bring two players in. I said, okay, what's that got to do with me? <laughs> well, we <want> to... <laughs> He goes, well, I want you to go the other way on loan. So I said, I've started the season well and blah, 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 I've been doing well. So you want to bring in two players that play in my position and you want me to go the other way. So I was just like, Oomen and Aaron and I said, you know what? Bring, do what you, you're going to do what you want to do anyway better me go and play and then sit in the reserves. So I went to Grimsby and then obviously as we spoke about, then Jamie came.
0: And that was the final one or was there one more club after that?
4: No, and then after that, so during that period, me and Jamie were at Grimsby. One of the games was um, versus Brentford. I I sent Jamie the clips the other day. I've got the game. I found it in the garage. I watched the game back and I kept on sending clips to Jamie and just laughing Jamie played in midfield and every clip what we spoke about is work rate, it's tackling Jamie absolutely ran the game in midfield I scored the winner so me and Jamie were laughing we were laughing you know and then in the end we went uh Grimsby went down Jamie was out of contract I was out of contract I went to um I, went, I spoke to Brentford and then under Martin Allen. Then at some period in that time, Jamie got recommended to Brentford. Martin Allen spoke to me. Going off of the, the game that we played against Bram, uh, Brentford, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, Jamie... They knew They knew it was yeah. deadly.
3: Yeah, yeah
4: it's, it's a no-brainer. Jamie walked straight into the Brentford team. So that was that. That was the three teams
1: so many common themes as we've gone through this, but Isaiah spoke about it there, about how things can change so quickly in, that, in this profession of professional football. All the youngsters who want to get into it, who see the glitz and glamour, you know, the, the, the perfect career and stuff like that. It doesn't go without all of these things happening behind the scenes. Jamie's had some issues where, you know, managers want to move him on or not playing him all of a sudden. He's in the reserves. Isaiah spoke about it there. The manager walks in one day and says, I'm buying two players in your position. I want you to move. And all of a sudden, if you haven't got that mentality or that way of looking at it, or that that, that mental toughness or or resilience, um, your career can go a different way, can't it?
3: 100%. 100%.
2: You get managers who don't your face don't fit no matter what you do. And the trials and tribulations of football, but it's all part and parcel of the football journey. You know what I mean? That's why you've got to be very resilient to play the game. And people don't realise as well. See the changing room. Mm. Changing room is a harsh place. Oh she yeah. Talk about you, yeah. Oh yeah. It'll swallow you up. Alright. Yeah. If you're not a character, it would swallow you up. And when when man's got you as well, you know, <laughs> they, there's they, no you.
4: easing up.
1: So yeah. Jamie, what would your what would your what would your advice be then to somebody watching this, or a, not just a young person, anybody watching this who who isn't the most outgoing who isn't the most outspoken who isn't the loudest person in the room what advice do you have for those people who are the quieter characters
2: you know the think about it ranks weren't the loudest i wasn't the loudest but we just done us you know what i mean we was real to ourselves no matter what you know what i mean we were a our banter with man but there's certain banter what, what we weren't part of we we're not in or there sort of banter but we just <laughs> but we held our own. you know what i mean Go in the, don't go in the changing room and try and be, be the big I am. Be yourself.
0: You are listening to Prison to the Premiership, the Jamie Lawrence story.
1: Race is a big thing right now. We're seeing you know, police brutality around the world and what it's like for, for, for black people around the world in very different ways. In the football space, we haven't really spoke about um, racism on this podcast or if you faced any. With, with you, Isaiah, and Jamie, um, not just in your careers, but while you played together, what was it like, not just in the changing rooms, but with fans, with the media, with, with the public perception of you guys? Did, did you face any of that?
4: We played for Bradford in the Intertoto Cup. St. In Petersburg. Oh, he went out to Russia. <laughs> we went, no, so before that, before we even got to Russia, I don't know if Jamie was injured, we went to Azerbaijan. Yeah I remember I was on a transfer list isn't right okay so like, yeah, went I, to azerbaijan yeah. and um come out I remember it was just like playing in the, like a non league ground or whatever no problem whatever you're used to it there was maybe 4000 there came out lined up as you do like the uefa games or whatever and the music played and then it went quiet and i was thinking what, what what's happened the, the tanoi broke or something the speaker system broke all of a sudden um the crowd just started jumping up and down zigga 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 kill the fucking niggas and and it was ring for 4000 it was ringing ringing out and i was 4000
1: like, fans were just jumping around singing that loud proud nothing like a normal normal thing yes what year yeah. was this? As a, uh, it was two thousand,
2: probably. Two thousand, yeah. Yeah,
4: two thousand. Yeah. Then I scored the first goal. Normally, you want to run over to the sides or do something. Nah, 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 nah. I stayed in the middle of the pitch and just went back. What?
1: Because you felt you felt you couldn't yeah. celebrate because it was too hostile. You didn't. You feared yeah. for your. You know what I
4: mean your safety and. Yeah, one hundred percent. If I was there I would have celebrated. One hundred percent. And then then as
3: Jamie spoke about um, Saint Petersburg, that was that was hostile. Uh, that was that, that was would be bad.
1: Well, yeah. well I was like, thanks for sharing that with us. Um Jamie, yeah. you was you know, you, you he's obviously you was there at the time. Um but was there any other things that you Experienced um, racism wise, and, and how did you deal with that? Especially as a person who, like you've always said, you know, if, if yeah, someone runs you up the wrong way, you're going to yeah. back it.
2: And that, like when that happened to Ranks, and that he knew that he could, the person who done it knew that he couldn't come around me. And the manager actually pulled me and said, Oh, yeah, he was out of order, right? But he should have dealt with it a different way. You know, yeah. I mean?
0: you know, one of the things right through the podcast, and, and this attitude that you got to play in the game
3: yeah
2: who were the people that you looked up to i've said i said it before johnny barnes was my hero because mm. but i support Liverpool, obviously because of him right mm-hmm. because for me he was a good player anyway everyone knows that he was a world-class player right but the amount of stick what he used to get and still produce listen that takes courage right Takes courage, and he's the first black player to win the player of the year as well. For me, Johnny Barnes, man. I looked at Johnny, obviously, Cyril. yeah, had the, um, Brendan Bats and Remy Moses. Them sort of players I looked up to, man. They opened the door for us, man. Laurie Cunningham. You know? I got to play against Johnny Barnes and obviously meet Johnny Barnes, my hero. And I wasn't disappointed in meeting my hero. You know what I mean? Did
1: he give you the runaround as well? <laughs> <laughs> them down there. Yeah, no one that right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, he's a gentleman on and off the pitch as well but like, always got time for me when he sees me man Give yeah me a he's a nice guy, guy
0: nice
2: guy yeah man gives me a big hug i mean you never let me down as a hero you know you say they say you should never meet your hero but that one was decent still
4: uh, for me story i, I tell Coming, from, coming out of Edmonton Tottenham, a young boy watching Italia 90. My family were close with Des Walker's family. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember just coming down in the front room one day and Des Walker stood there. I couldn't speak, I couldn't <laughs> do nothing. All the school, all that was going on in my head was this, you'll never beat Des Walker. Yeah. You'll never- <laughs> And there was that. And then when I eventually got to go to Arsenal and the training ground and watch players and my family's Arsenal, but we, we you know, come from near enough Tottenham to see Michael Thomas, yeah, Castle, yeah, yeah. Ian Wright, Kev Campbell, you know, Paul yeah. Merson, those do- yeah. and when they were at arsenal and that was my pathway that was the that was the club i was going to choose because there's so many of so many of the black boys or whatever the pathway was clear for people to come through the youth team that
1: That, 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 you know we talk about the path that went before or ahead to lay the foundation you know you guys have done it for, for for my generation for sure and the generation before you guys, like you just said there, your Ricky Hills and John Barnes and stuff like that, Cyril's and you know the, a, a whole load of you know Rowcastle. It is fantastic to see that train, but I do think I agree a lot more needs to be done to interconnect those um, that 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 train from from start to finish. You know, right through to the first black player to ever play, um, right through to the present day. We need to as much as possible whilst people are still here living and breathing we need to we need to do that for sure um you guys time at brentford um so from after grimsby at brentford now what's some of the highlights of um your, your time at brentford isaiah i'll go to you and then jamie will come in
4: so at that time uh i moved to brentford but i'm living in south london so every, every morning i'm leaving mine and picking up jamie at clapham Junction we're travelling in again together. The team and the squad we had should have done better, should have got promoted. Uh, we finished third two years on the trot.
1: Gabe, highlights at uh, Brentford, are they similar to our Eyes? or have you got a different take on that? No, uh,
2: like, obviously signing there, and then Ranks was there and Andy Miles was there. The funniest thing though, when I first signed there, when we played against Brentford, there's one boy called Hutch. Yeah, was running up his mouth on the pitch, <laughs> running up his mouth. And to right, tell you, I don't really talk on the pitch. I'm not on this talking. So obviously they know that I'm coming now. Yeah, <laughs> so they're winding him up in the changing room. Saying, Watch when he comes now. He's on to you, <laughs> and he was shook. <laughs> But like, you know I me, mean? like, that's football, It's Part and parcel of football. I don't carry that off the pitch. Yeah. No, not really, Oh, before you say anything. <laughs> 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 There's another story on that one as well, yeah? But obviously I went in there. At first, it starts off all right. Started off all right. I'm in and around the team and whatever. Then from nowhere, all changed. Like, I don't know what went on. I think it was after our Christmas do, you know, Ranks, I think.
3: Because Maybe so. Yeah.
2: What did you do? What no. did you do? Well, I don't Christmas do. They had this um, boy, Japanese, youth, yeah? Couldn't really speak English. The 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 physio used to muller him in front of all the boys and all that all the time because the boy was late. But like, if you can have a go at someone, take him away and talk to him, Right. used to disrespect him in front of everyone but on this christmas do now juggles with english anyway they got him up Mm. in front of all that we had to bring our partners as well got him up in front of everyone to make make a speech and all that i'm thinking you got you got taking liberties with the youth Uh, Or the physio he must have said something to me later on in the night yeah I was obviously, i under my liquor, innit?
1: it? <laughs> ain't like you. That's not like you, Jeff.
2: <laughs> so he must have said something to me now. I said, listen, don't think I'm one of them youth, you know. Don't oh, fuck you up, we stay there. Right? And then from that day, everything changed. Yeah, out of the team. <laughs> everything changed after that day. Like, and I was playing well. I knew I was playing well. One day, I must have played right back. Played well. When I played, man was playing me right wing. I had to play right wing for I don't know how many years. But done a job, and I, I'm not just saying that. I think I was better than the centre midfielders what they had there. First, when I signed there, he said to me, "I can only give you five hundred pound for now, but when a couple of players leave, I will up your wages." Right? Then it went on another month, and another month, right? And another month. Then I got injured in the FA Cup game against Luton where I was out for about three months with my knee. And then my contract's coming up to an end. He's just giving me £500 for the whole season now. And you know what he does?
3: He calls us in about the contract talks. I knew I wasn't going to get anything anyway, yeah? So I go into his office now
2: and he's gone to me, not going to offer you anything but how did you survive on £500 a week? But I knew what he was getting at because he had he had been telling people that I'm up to no good on the road and whatever. So when he asked me about how you survive on 500 quid, I'm thinking, that's a cheat, right? Because you gave it to me, right? Yeah? So mm-hmm. you, what are you thinking that, what? You must think I'm on the road doing nonsense. I knew that was what he was getting at. I, thought, I know very disrespectful he even done a he done a interview on me as well flex like, they asked him who is the maddest footballers you either trained or played with he had me as number one
1: right. but when he, he's saying maddest that he he's not coming across as in like oh a little bit fiery on the pitch and all that. you're you're seeing the I'll back, tell what, back. I'll,
2: tell you, no. I'll tell you exactly what he said he said he's quiet and unassuming um, you know that I'm not on the wrong side of him. He, carry, he, he carries a man bag before they even come in fashion, and I have my suspicions what he carries in his bag. Yeah,
3: totally
2: right? mm. yeah,
0: right. so, unnecessary.
2: Right? You know, I rang him straight away. It was in the Daily Mail. I rang him straight away. I said, What are you doing? I was working with young kids at the time. I said, What are you doing? I mm. said, I'm, I work with young kids. You can kill my career already, like you never killed it already. I mean? Did he have a response to that? He said, oh, it's only a bit of banter. So there ain't no banter. Banter? If the school would have seen that, I wouldn't have got no more work.
1: You said you was um, out the club the following year. Yeah. Um, what, what were your departures like? How swift were they and where did, what happened yeah. after that?
2: Uh, when he brought me in the office, that was the last day people were getting told if they're getting kept on or whatever. So that was it done then.
3: After that conversation, that was it done.
1: Yeah. So after that, then are you thinking the end of the career? What do I do now? Yeah. What yeah. is it? Is it? Is it time to just quit while I'm ahead, or do I do I go again, try and try and lose a little bit more juice? That like, where does the point come where you start going to yourself? Right, this is my exit strategy, or or, or is that even affecting? It, it, I don't so, want to quit.
2: I never had an exit strategy, right? And it just come to an end like that. And it, and then obviously, the, at the end of your career and the, and the way it's ended, it, it left, left a bit of taste in my mouth. You know what I mean? Where that's when I slipped into that depression side, like, right, the bills are still coming. Right? I ain't got no job. Right? How am I going to cope? And this is where every day I was going to the pub. Right? Every day I'm drinking way too much. Way too much. But I was still always exercising as well and I had no intention of kicking ball again. I never kicked ball for like seven months or something like that. Even though I was keeping myself fit, but when you're running and all that, it's different from football fitness. You yeah. I mean? so, so for me, I nearly slipped back into what I used to do. Because I only knew I only knew the road and I only knew football. Right? So for me that was very dangerous times and that. And, and it's all these certain good people around me what stopped me from going down that down that route.
0: So, James, yeah. from prison to premiership, that's yeah. what it's called. Okay, yeah. once you started on that premiership route and you you recognised, right, I'm on a ride here, I'm going to make the most out of this, yeah. did anyone even remotely tell you how to look after your money?
2: Well, no one. But it's, it's, and this is the thing, yeah, you get these agents, yeah, you see them, they, they sign the deal, you don't really hear from them until there's another deal to get signed again. No one ain't giving you, guiding you and saying, oh, put your money into this, put your money into that. I remember my mom and dad are in Jamaica as well, so I ain't got no guidance that way as well, you know what I mean? So it's just me one, and to be fair, probably I was living for the moment. I'm thinking it's never gonna be done, you know what I mean? What were you
0: doing? What, in your head, did you not, did you have a level? where you go, you know what, I'm, I'm earning nicely here and I need to, or did you think, I need to just show I got money?
3: No,
2: it's never that like, listen, I just live life for the moment and we like to go out, right? Like, like clothes, I love clothes. Man used to cuss me all the time about, I had
3: about 30 pairs <laughs> of black trousers.
2: <laughs> I really could have told the difference. <laughs> I, mean, <I'm> like, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I love clothes. Uh, flannels love me, yeah? <laughs> i come in there and I'd say, "Rah," or that, 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 in different colours. But that is just my thing, my clothes with my vice and that, man, and going out with my vice, and I'll go out, spend stupid money on the night out. Uh, silly money on the night out. But I was just having fun with it. If I, I wouldn't change it, though, because I enjoyed what I've done. You know what I mean?
3: Okay.
4: ranks. Um so on jamie
3: obviously going back to the bradford days we get paid and jamie would draw out all his money
4: and have it on him (laughs) 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 you're (laughs) such a jamaican
3: (laughs)
1: hey hey
2: (laughs) hey, hey, bank can get robbed but i'm not getting robbed
3: (laughs)
4: <laughs> uh, wow. we, we would go out even like this afternoon. we would go for lunch or something. I'm like, Jamie's got all his money on it. <laughs> what <are> you doing? It's <laughs> like, nah, ma, ma, man, don't trust them banks, you know. <laughs> 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 Jamie's got all his
1: wages in a, in a shoebox under the bed, then
4: uh, <laughs> spot on, Flex. Spot on spot on, and then all of a sudden, then Jamie started to get used to used to it and started to look after it, and you know what I mean, but first of all, that's how Jamie was
2: never been taught, and you know what we we used to <laughs> when I used to go to London where, and go Coliseum minute right, and, yeah, and we're, and we're training on the Monday, yeah, so you know Coliseums are Sundays, so we, the rave was done at about four o'clock. I would have a taxi man waiting outside the club, yeah? <laughs> in a, a jump in the cab and sleep and then go straight <laughs> to training. Uh? And then
4: go Get home. the taxi, get the <laughs> taxi to mine. Yeah. I would take Jamie to training. And then one time, the taxi man looked at me and said, "Ah, oh, please, I'll beg you for sleep. I said, I just closed the door. And me and Jamie just went training. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a regular and then the boys will go to me you need you stink a drink you need to stay away from the gaffer oh <laughs> my god but on that note on that note so Jamie I knew what Jamie was doing uh, a few Mondays he didn't turn up the gaffer looked after him but when he did turn up and it was a hard session Jamie was at the front and I was like
3: <laughs>
4: how is he doing this He's been bubb- bubbling up in Coliseum all Sunday, and he's at the front of all the running. And and I would just like shake my head I would get better. Maybe I maybe I should join him. That's where I'm going wrong.
1: Jamie was the Dennis Rodman of the league. Spot on. Spot on. <laughs>
2: yeah. I used to Even have to go do- blow up. I used to have to go and do my thing one. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, what, spot on. that's what, that's what Jordy says as well. That like he said he knew what man was doing, but but that would produce in training and on the weekend.
1: You would allow me to get away, with it? Everyone's different, isn't it? Everyone needs. Yeah, to get yeah, away. yeah. That's yeah. crazy. That is crazy. I mean, that was, and that probably wouldn't happen now, would it? In modern day football. No.
2: Oh, listen, we we'd be
1: finished. No, like. Absolutely, no, you couldn't go out you'll be all over social media, be all over the papers, Snapchat, Instagram, this, that, and the yeah. other Premier League star, this Championship mm-hmm. man doing this, and and plus managers just wouldn't, yeah, this wouldn't happen now, would it? Yeah, it wouldn't happen.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, it wouldn't happen, and it couldn't happen. And yeah, and, now and and, Jamie, you'd be a you'd be a sports science mystery. Oh,
2: uh, yeah, hundred percent. I would say yeah. it all the time. So, um, so
1: after um. When when you're not playing anymore now, yeah. Let's take it to you finish your footballing career and I've touched on, took in a bit where you said that you know you nearly went back to what you did before, um, and good people around you kept you grounded. What what did the journey start to look like? Where did it start to lead you now?
2: I was in a very dark place to be fair, like, and I would I would speak to the ranks regular because he's around the corner as well. But I was mm-hmm. in a very very dark place, like. I don't know what I'm going to do now. My career's done. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. So, like, it must have been about six, seven months. And then what I've done, I said, you know what? Fitness has always been my thing. Let me go and educate myself again, which was a big step as well. Because I I hadn't been in the classroom for 20 years. Mm. With that, there's a little bit of fear as well, you know what I mean? Right? So... I got onto got the PFA, I said, listen, I want to do a personal trainers um, award, PT um, level three. So I went, it was in Crawley, On there, first first week. Listen, this thing ain't getting into my brain and all that. Like, I'm finding it tough. And I'm, I even went to the man and said, I don't know if this is for me. And he's gone, listen, just stick with it, you'll be all right, I'll get you through it. After two weeks of being in the classroom, it, it was quite easy for me in the end. Even to the point I had half the class at lunchtime training with me. <laughs> they were all training with me. And, and, the, and obviously the people who were delivering the thing, he came up to me and he said, listen, all you need to do is the paperwork, get the paperwork sorted. We see every lunchtime what you're doing in the gym. So that part of it is easy. And in the end, <laughs> I pissed it in the end. I pissed it at home, and then the more positive things you do, the more doors open for me. Uh, so I'm a great believer that no matter if you're going through a rough time or not, you have got to face it head on. Uh, if you're positive, sooner or later the sunshine will come through.
1: Isaiah, when he said that he was a you know deep dark place, and you, know, you lived around the corner at this time, um, had you finished playing as well? Or was you still?
4: Was no, you still I think I, th- I think I was still playing. Was. Um, I, I was still playing so
1: what was that like Jamie had exited but you've got a friend there um, sorry you're still playing and you've got a friend there who knows his journey's come to an end you can see him potentially going down the wrong way but you still have the privilege of playing what was that dynamic like
4: it's hard it's one of the hardest things when you see someone that is your friend or you care about you've had plenty of journeys with see him go through that but all you can do as a friend is be there, listen and be open to what he's saying and be an option. When I would go, go to training and come back, Jamie would say to me, do you want to meet for lunch or whatever, whatever?" just be there. Mm. Just, be, just, just be there. You, you, you might be in problems, but you need to just be there for your friends. He might need to just vent or get something off his chest and it just drops the level a bit and then he's all right. You you just Mm. don't know. Just say, I don't think I would ever, ever, ever forgive myself if Jamie said, Ranks, let's meet up. He wanted to talk and I didn't go. You know what I mean? Mm. So when, when, when someone's. Available to talk or wants to talk, be be just be there, just be there so you can listen.
3: And Jamie, that fits
1: he- into what you're saying there, because about the good people around you. Because again, I suppose if as I was was a different sort of person,
3: sure,
1: finish playing bridge, but I'm still I'm still playing, man. I'm going out with my teammates. I got I got to do this. I got to do that. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. But the
1: fact that he's saying he saw it as as his duty. You know what I mean? As, as his duty. I'm, I'm not saying you begged him or run him down or whatever, but what I'm saying is that he's kind of taking it upon himself through the strength of the relationship that you've built. Again, choosing your friends wisely. Um, managed to re- reciprocate that energy to kind of invest back into you, even though he's still playing. Yeah, listen, that's why like,
2: I knew from the get-go anyway that we would be friends forever, right? And listen, that's what friends are for, isn't it? Like, You might be going through a rough time, like in your career. You might be going through a rough time where you're not playing or whatever. But just got to be there. Always got to be there. Like even a little phone call can pick someone up.
0: The journey's been fascinating. You know, we and we're close to the end of it, but along the way on the journey, and I'm sure Isaiah was around to this. You know, you you brought some other human beings into the earth, didn't you?
2: Yes,
3: I did. The children. Yes. My gifts.
0: so you tell us where that sits in your story
2: listen obviously alongside my mum the most important thing in my life that's the biggest gift i think anyone could have in their lifetime Uh, obviously i was i was at um leicester when i had my first two kids Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) i've gone 26 years no kids then Have two in a space of four months, which was stressing itself. Uh, Do the maths, you know, it's stress.
1: Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I was. I was thinking nine months, and I was thinking.
2: (laughs) what? um, Tamara was born on the the second of February. my daughter was twenty four, and then um, Nathan um was born on June the first. My son. Devil child rags will tell you, He's a, <laughs> uh,
3: yeah.
2: He's a tasty re- I had to leave.
4: Yeah. You pick up the knife and fall dash it everywhere in the restaurant. So, we would go to a restaurant, we'll go to a restaurant, uh, sit down. Nate, what do you want to eat? He won he, he didn't want to eat nothing, but he was just eating the butter. Yeah. Just eating butter <laughs> you know, just To put on the bread rolls and that he was just eating the butter. Then all of a sudden he would just start picking up the cutlery and just pelting it across the room they <laughs> said, nah, it's time to go. It's time to go <laughs>
2: right, So getting straight out of there. I've got to take the embarrassment one right? <laughs> well,
3: takes ooh. after his
1: But how <laughs> was that how was that though, playing um, no playing at Leicester? Then, you know, about to go into the Premier League as well, which he did do later on. Um, mm. You know, you've got kids, the pressures of that, of fatherhood, and being a professional footballer, um, knowing that they're depending on you and you got, you know, you're, you're battling with contracts. And, y- you know, you said there about when you was at uh, Brentford, you still got bills to pay, you got dependents. What, how, how did that affect you? You know what? It
2: can either make you or break you. Huh? I used them as a motivation then, where. I actually, I was in the Prem at the time anyway with Leicester. And that's the season that we won um, the League Cup. But for me, I got more professional a couple years after because that's my focus. Mm. I mean, like, when it's only you, it's the same as when you're on the road. When it's only you, you can be very selfish. You can do whatever you want to do. But When you have kids now, changes. Changes. You've got to be more focused. And that's my fuel. That was my fuel, right? That's what I wake up in the morning and I work even harder.
0: But it must have been quite a lot of pressure because, obviously, do the maths, you're going to two different places to look after your kids.
2: Yeah, but, you know, it sounds worse than it was, right? Because um, I was seeing this girl, I was only seeing her for a few months. So what's happened now? I must have finished it, and then I started seeing one of my exes. But then this one rings me and says, "Right, I'm, I'm pregnant." I'm like, I, "I tried to go back and do the right thing, but it wasn't working." So I left, and then I started seeing my my ex again.
0: Yeah, you got two kids now, yeah. and the situation. Yeah, you just explained how that how that's come about, and you're carrying all of that with you. Yeah. You're coming into the football environment, and and you're just putting it down, and just getting on with what you do.
2: Yeah, no. Nah, listen, you know me. You know the sort of character I am. Anyway, I take I take everything in my stride, and it. Mm. I don't really get too stressed about anything. Took it all in my stride, to be fair. It's like I added incentive for me. You know what I mean? Work harder. At
0: what stage did your children become aware of who you was?
2: <laughs> they always knew who I was and what I'd done. Especially like, obviously, Nate with Tamara, like. Is a distant relationship, like obviously, like I think she was quite bitter, the mom, and never really allowed us to have a relationship, which which hurt. It hurts now. It hurts now. But mm-hmm. I'm a great believer that you can't get upset in things what you're not in control of. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so for me, like I'm like, okay, that's it. She comes back into my life, be beautiful, but. I can't do nothing about it. I'm not going to drive myself mad about them sort of things, you know what I mean? But with my boy, I've got a good relationship with my boy now.
1: Positive stuff. I mean, a fatherhood, like you said, it can change you completely. And it's interesting there in terms of make or break you. I mean, you managed to use it as a chance to, to focus yourself, I suppose, to channel that into people who are dependent on you. So that's, you know, that's, that's inspirational. That's inspirational. There's a lot of young fathers out there as well. Um... Mm-hmm. And, like I said, and just, Jamie, you know,
0: that people won't necessarily be able to see this. But it's yeah. beautiful to see how emotional you just
2: got.
1: Mm. It's beautiful. It shows yeah. how much it means,
3: is it?
2: It really yeah. does. about it as well like, what, for me, being a father as well, you, you don't realize that the kids are always watching you. So yeah. you act, Absolutely. The, you know what I mean?
1: Present day now, Jay. We're kind of coming to the end of this. Um, this, this journey now, the end of this series of podcasts, which has been unreal, unreal. I mean, we've touched on everything right from your early years in your household in, in school, right up to where we've just arrived to. Now, you spoke about being a personal trainer, being into fitness. Talk to us about what you do now.
2: Well, what don't I do now? I actually go into <laughs> prisons, put on workshops, strength and conditioning coach. I've, I've been to two African nations with Ghana, got to the final and semi-final and I work with young kids in the community and try and make their life better. And I work with a lot of top, top footballers and condition them.
1: Brilliant. And how did you, how did you get into the setting that up? Was it just, was it, was it as easy as it sounds? That sounds like quite an easy transition. You, You know, did you have to start setting up a business? Did you have to start? Educating yourself or understanding how business works, how you be self employed, and you know, those kind of things.
2: Well, I'm still learning about all that as well. And you're never too old to learn, right? For me, as well, like every pre season, anyway, pre pre season, I would put on a summer camp, right? When I was playing, and I would never charge. But then, obviously, when I finished, I set up as a business Every, every pre pre season. People will come and train with me. Players will come from all over and I'll put on a session as fitness and then we'll go back flying. So mm. that was the next step for me to make it into a business. And every year has gone from strength
1: to strength. So Brilliant stuff. Isaiah, um, yourself, what are you up to these days?
4: I'm based up in Leeds. I uh, work at a private football academy, um, trying to bridge the gap between grassroots and academy, trying to get the boys back into academies. Um, helping them unlocking potential you know we've got a good success rate we've, we've got boys going into lots of different professional clubs whereas certain certain clubs rejected them mm. and then they think it's over so we give them the right environment for them to be themselves and to learn again and um, go through that way I
1: love I that both of you exited the game and given back to the game and also being able to, I know with your story, Jamie, as well, with what you went through, you're able to give a lot of advice. That's not just football, and similar to what you're saying, Isaiah, kids that have maybe been rejected, told that they're not good enough. You know, you're then regurgitating them and and getting them going again. That yeah. I think is powerful. Um, you talk about giving back to what you've just come from, um, mm-hmm. and the fact that you guys are both doing that is um, is massive for me,
0: Jamie and Isaiah. I think there's a very important thing here because besides the sport it is how you take control of all of your your own lives and your life after football meaning and when I say your life after football that doesn't mean that you're not involved in football it means your life when you come off the stage
3: yeah.
0: you know because the premiership and the, and and the leagues they're a stage now when you come off the stage the fact that You've taken what you've got and you've, you've made it work for you in another way. Yeah. And I think there's a big message that we want to get across about the importance of that. Isaiah, asking you a question directly related to Jamie. When you heard that he was going to be a physical trainer and you obviously have witnessed him being at the front of sessions, did you have in your head what kind of trainer Jamie was
4: going <laughs> to... 100%. 100%. For me, it started a bit while he was playing. Jamie might recall. So he would, go to, he would go to the gym with another few of the boys and do extra sessions. One of the times where if Jamie didn't think he had done enough in a session, we would go out, whatever, but then Jamie would go for a run at two o'clock in the morning.
1: Dedication, man. Dedication.
4: Oh, no, that's
0: madness. That's
4: not dedication. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are,
1: you, are you addicted we, to
2: fitness? We'll do now. No, but this is the difference, though, right? 0.5 make it as a footballer, 0.1 make it in the premiership. What makes you that 0.1? Right? You've got to do more than the other man. Right? Yeah. Listen, you you had Paul Joe on there and they tell you, like, technically I weren't as good as Biggs, but the job I've done for the team. Was just as important as what Bee's done. You know what I mean? Mm. And for me to do my job, I had to be fit. Right? I had mm. to be to get around the pitch. Right? I had to get up and down. We played 4 three, three, and we never even knew that we played 4 3 3. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, right? I like it right? Because <laughs> right? Bee's was up wide out here and I was always tucked in and doing the doggy work. But n- needs must. You know what I mean? Got me a 12 year career and then I never finished playing. I played semi pro until I was 46. 46, right? wow. 46 mm. and, and I went up front, me ranked as <laughs> John. <out> front, right? <laughs> Stay
3: there. Right? I what can, was that like? Roughing, me, up
1: some uh, of, right? roughing up some of the youngest coming through, maybe trying to get out of semi pro into, into the um, professional game. Did you cross paths with the, with the next generation coming over?
2: Yeah, listen, are you, we used to batter them. Uh, <laughs> me, Ranks and Jonesy up front. Hey, listen, you don't want to play against that, right? <laughs> I would play centre and then two would play off me on the three. Uh, we were trouble, though. Like, and that was my, I was a manager, it? I was a manager yeah. at Ashford Town, so I had Ranks playing for me uh, and Jonesy. And the football we played, it, Ranks? Different class. Yeah. I made yeah. sure that they played. When Ranks used to come and watch me train, listen. I never knew you used Discord. <laughs> I remember it like it yesterday.
4: <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so basically, um, I've been with Jamie for years and whatever. You miss, you miss certain things. You think, you try and put him in a box, or oh, Jamie just does that. But then all of a sudden, now, Jamie was doing his one-to-one sessions and training the boys. And then we would be in the sessions, uh, come across that Wondell. And then, Jamie would do like some skills or flick it up or his touch, and I was like, "Yo, Jay, well, when did you
3: get this?" <laughs>
4: <laughs> and,
1: no and it, no it, respect, it, Jay. They're not putting no respect. No, on the name, Jay. no, yeah, it, it is. Jay,
4: Jay knows. Jay knows, yeah. and I said, "I said to Jay, if you, he would have done more, how he was, how he was back now." So then, who knows? He would. He, he could have most probably played, stayed in the prem a lot longer.
1: right hey, after I have to ask you this, do you miss playing football? Do you miss, miss the game? Listen, listen, listen. Everyone misses the game,
2: right? For me, I love playing the game anyway. Football, I love football. I even pay to play now. I play bets. Yeah, that's how much I love the game, right? But even then, I want to win. I don't mm. care. I want to win, I need that competitive side, and I want to win. Like, I will go out and train because I want to be the best vet player there is, right? But for me, one of the biggest things I think you will miss is the camaraderie in the changing room and yeah. the banter with the lads, for me. You know, yeah. Remember, you're indoors now, you're like, don't get none of the banter. Just imagine you're going into a changing room with every man has got money, uh, and you can go out when you want, and the banter just imagine the Banter is uh. unreal uh. you know when i started coaching it made me a better player
3: of course, of course it made it me a
2: better player because i had to look at the game in a different way
4: i am yeah coach and manager probably then i was a player because i me you know I mean? so now now you coach like tactically yeah. um and things i look at games differently
3: yeah
4: i look at when when you're in the game, you don't realise what what's going on off the pitch off, uh, off the ball. Yeah. So
3: yeah. yeah.
4: you can. Yeah. So now, tactically, when you're watching the game, uh, they're sitting in a block, or you start seeing different things. Yeah. Um. And then yeah. when I take a uh, little man to football, I say, just don't watch the play, watch people's movement away how they create space for others or for yourself or you, you know um just things like that so it's it helped massively being going through the coaching room
1: um so we've come to the end of today's um episode ranks thanks for coming on and sharing um not just the knowledge but some of the the, the memories you've had there man some funny stories there about some very powerful messages man.
4: no thanks thanks for having me um anytime anything to do with any of you guys and Jamie I'm always there uh, absolutely.
1: bless bless absolutely yeah. we appreciate that man Jamie um good to have good to have ranks on today
4: always always a
2: pleasure having ranks on there my partner in crime literally <laughs> <partner> in crime. <laughs> <right. I mean. laughs> very blessed. Ranked, right. ranks like that. In crime well. well
0: by the way and Jamie blessings yeah. to you my bro as always one thing we meant to ask you the yeah. name,
2: Captain Payne. Captain Payne, that's my name because of the way I train. Right? <laughs> so I perfect. got named by one of my boxers I train as Captain Payne and it's stuck ever since. So I've made a business out of it. Like Captain <laughs> it's called Captain Payne's Workshop. You know that you're coming in and you're going to get
3: worked. Right?
1: Love very, that, very <laughs> love fitting. that. All guys, right. make sure you guys tune in for the, the, the last instalment of this podcast, Premier League, where we can kind of call it the finale. Um, we'll try and get some of the people that have been on it um, throughout and we'll, we'll, we'll have a good discussion and a summary. Thank you guys for watching. Flex, See, guys: you know what I'm going
4: to
0: do? That's what you do to captains, isn't it? <laughs>
1: uh,
0: yeah, yeah yeah, 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 it, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I
3: thought the, <laughs> I thought the music going to drop.
0: You've been listening to the Jamie Lawrence story in the company of Flex, Otis Roberts, Michael Adams, special guests and the incomparable Jamie Lawrence. Aim Higher is a Jason Roberts Foundation production.